The Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. That's me. Thanks for tuning in today. It's a sunshiny Thursday morning, and believe it or not, it is the first day of October. And uh, again, welcome to the show. Mayor John Pike with me on Mayor Thursday today. Uh, Mayor Pike, how are you today? I'm doing great, Andy. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for coming in today. You're looking sharp. You bet. Well, I'm dressed for uh, city council today. Tonight we have a meeting, a regular meeting, and and uh, I'm in pink today, you can tell, because yeah. uh, through your windows, because it's uh, there's several different months that we're celebrating, but one right. of them is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. That's right. That's right. And uh, Councilwoman Michelle Randall uh, is a survivor of breast cancer, and mm-hmm. um, and so we're going to make a thing of that tonight and have a proclamation and also a proclamation on domestic violence awareness. So, and and I think we've got one other proclamation we're doing tonight. So, anyway, it's going to be uh, uh, a busy evening, and wanted to be dressed for it today. I, for, I forgot I should have worn pink as well. I, well, you know, it's I think only, I have a pink polo somewhere. I know I I have two pink shirts, and that's it. But but. Um, I match your microphone in here tonight, today. See that? It's kind of pink, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, it's it's good to be aware of those things and to contribute and help wherever we can with those kinds of uh, important efforts. By the way, I lost my mother-in-law to uh, breast cancer. She had it once, uh, went in recession. She had the mastectomy and things, had the recession. Uh, I guess that's what the... Remission. Remission, Remission, that's the word. Yeah, and... and, uh, was uh, had 13 more years of life. Unfortunately, it came back uh, with a vengeance and took her. I think she was 62 years old, so too young, wow. definitely. That die. is, yeah, I lost my mother to, at 63 to leukemia, and that is too young. Yeah, but uh, but hey, it's uh, that's why I think it's important. We we know more today, and they they do more today. But um, you know, uh, these aren't easy decisions to make in terms of how you you know you go about dealing with it and. Right. I think it's great that we support um, the the women in our lives that might be affected uh, with this terrible Agreed. disease. And, and by the way, men can get breast cancer. That's true. Too. It's fairly it's rare. It's rare, but yep, you're right. I, I actually know someone who had, uh, he's passed away now of something else, but he did have a, a male breast cancer. That's true. It and can he happen. had to have uh, surgery and chemo and radiation, all those things. But yep. uh, yeah, boy, you were talking about the, the age being too young to die. Mm-hmm. Uh really really is too young not only from people we've lost but also we're really not that far away from those I know. numbers right now it's so, getting younger all the time isn't it andy it's it sure is <laughs> <laughs> and and time goes by so quickly it's as you mentioned october 1st i can't imagine uh, where september went that seemed to last for a couple yeah. days and uh no it's been 30 and now, here we are now in october so anyway yeah. um uh, you know, and it's that beautiful time of year. It's starting to cool off more yeah. and at be, night, 57 night. at night. Oh, Perfect. Just yeah. gorgeous. Yep. Well, you, let's talk a little bit about 2020. Um, obviously, and by the way, if you want to talk with the mayor, it's six, seven, three, five, eight, nine, zero, six, seven, three, five, eight, ninety to be on the show today. And we'll certainly take your calls. Uh, this year mayor was an adventurous one, both, uh, nationally, locally, and even for you personally, been a lot of strange things that have gone on here. Uh, do you want to, if, if it's okay with you, do you want to talk about 2020 a little bit? Sure. And you know, obviously we've got a few more months left. Yeah. It's not over. We're just the fourth quarter now. Yeah. So we're exactly fourth quarter. Um, but it's been a heck of a year, hasn't it? When you, when you think about, what happened, uh, I've, I've talked about this before, but on March 11th, I was coming back from a conference in Washington, D.C. 
with our city council, who's the National League of Cities uh, Conference, and we we took we were taking off from Denver to uh, return back to St. George, mm-hmm. and as we were taking off, I got a notification on my phone that said Jazz Nuggets game delayed, start time delayed. I remember, I remember it. Same thing, yeah. And and so, and then of course I had to turn off my phone. As we landed in Salt Lake an hour and a half, or excuse me, came all the way to St. George, directly to St. George, I got another notification. Jazz Nuggets game canceled. NBA season in doubt. Rudy Gobert test positive for mm-hmm. COVID. Anyway, for me, that's kind of when it started. I, as we went to D.C., they were saying, hey, there's this virus, you know, you better be careful while you're there. But And they, we were starting, you could see hand sanitizers everywhere and uh, in D.C. But, but no, it, no masks. But yet. no masks yet. There was no social distancing yet. It was just all, hey, be careful. And so really it hit home for, for me as we came back home on, you know, March 11th. And that's when it started and it, you know, started with a vengeance. So it's been a tough year because of COVID and it is still tough for a lot of people. And while Utah, uh, you know, I think has done better, it has done better. Even parts of Utah have had a harder time than others. Uh, unemployment in Utah is at 4.1% now, which is really good. Um, in Washington County, it's 4.9%. So not quite as good, but pretty good considering yeah. that we have the tourism that we have and we've had some we've had a lot of effect in that as and as you just mentioned uh or jeremy just mentioned in his you know prior show here um you know no uh, marathon this weekend um iron man was canceled it was first it was postponed from may to september then it was canceled for the year and then the huntsman world senior games uh, were canceled uh, would have been, you know, in uh, a week. Well, if, actually, a few days. Yeah, yeah. October yeah. would have been would have been really crazy. Would have been busy. a crazy busy month. Yeah. And you know, could we have done those things? Maybe. Um, uh, it probably could have. And the outdoor activities are, you know, cause less spread. We've been able to substantiate than indoor activities. But you know, you look at all the mask uh, difficulties there, and and I realize, you know, there's just differing opinions on that. Uh, and nobody, I don't think, loves to wear them. But I'm sitting here with mine here that I wore coming in. I get to take it off now because of how we're uh, set up, you know, and your yeah. your station here. But masking, distancing, closing down in some cases, you know, while the city didn't close down any private businesses, um, there were some that were closed down either by the state or the uh, public health department. Um, most of those are reopened now, but the ones that have struggled probably the most here are the entertainment types of venues, such yeah. as Tuacon, um, the symphony, uh, the other performing arts. And of course, anything related to tourism has struggled, although they've been picking up since we got to yellow and since more people have been coming to just get away even though they're not coming internationally so much we have a lot of people maybe in some cases too many people coming to enjoy and sometimes abuse our um, our natural uh, uh, beauty around here and even even uh, um, graffiti in zion national park as you know which is just disgusting up in the narrows Um, but you know gunlock quail sand hollow all been very busy um um, state Snow Canyon State Park, as well as Zion, quite busy now. So, so it's been a heck of a year. Even those that are employed, you know, some are m- maybe would consider themselves underemployed. 
Uh, maybe they're not making what they made before. Maybe their hours have been reduced. So it's still a hard time. Yeah. I hope that uh, uh, we can get better, that we can get to the next phase, to, to green. I hope we can get a vaccine that will help protect those that are most vulnerable. As we've learned, that not that many people as a percentage die from this uh, virus. But for those that are affected by it, some they can have long-term negative effects. And, of course, you know, dying would be the, the worst outcome. But others, many, uh, don't feel the effects of it, especially children, we've learned. School, you know, has been uh, really interesting and it's been uh, difficult to, to do. I think Larry uh, Bergeson has done an incredible, incredible job with his team yeah. in, in making that work because I believe, as I think you do, uh, our kids need to be in school. Yeah, for sure. Same for with sure. the college, Biff Williams and his team. And he was on the show yesterday. Oh, was he? Oh, yeah, good. Yeah. They've good, just good, done a fantastic job. job. So anyway, I, I think that um, while it's it's still frustrating for everybody and maybe more so for some than others uh, for various reasons, especially if it's really hard to wear a mask due to, you know, other concerns such as asthma and so forth. Sure. But people have done a fantastic job generally speaking and i and i think because our density or you know population density is less here because we can be outside more all those things i think have benefited us and i'm glad because uh, even when we go just a few hundred miles you know north it's a very different experience we've had yeah. two more schools closed uh to in-person instruction for a few weeks while they try to clear up some of the covid outbreaks they've had so I, anyway I, I'm curious about the leadership aspect of it. When, when you mm-hmm. were talking about getting those texts right before the plane took off, then after you landed, uh, obviously the first thing that probably ran through your head and through most people's head would be personal. Okay, how does this affect my personal life, my family, my wife, my kids, et cetera, et cetera. But as a leader of a, of a city, uh, that's probably the next thing that goes through your mind is, okay, uh, because, because in times of crises, uh, People look to their leaders. Yeah. People look to Donald Trump. Some can say he handled it well. Others can say he didn't handle it very well. It just depends on what, really what side of the aisle you sit on. It's true. Uh, but locally, people, people of St. George, they, they, you know, they, they, all this is coming across. They're finding out news that businesses are going to close, that we're got, we've got this big pandemic. They're going to look to their leaders. They're going to look to their city council yeah. and more in particular their, their mayor. What went through your mind as a leader of this city when all that hit? Um, well, a lot of things. Um, and one of them is I need to see what the experts are saying. Hmm. And that's what we've tried to, you know, really follow and look to, uh, for example, uh, for months, in fact, until just a couple weeks ago, um, um, we have a mayor's association. It's called, it's, it's a, it's not a decision-making group, but it's basically a, a sharing group where we fellowship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And it, we, we meet generally once a month on uh usually on a Tuesday night at 6 PM and um, Tuesday night. Yeah. Usually the first Tuesday we started meeting twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. We met for an hour uh, usually in the morning and we invited the three County commissioners, uh, president Williams from the university, Larry Bergeson from the school district, David Busk from uh Division of uh, uh, Department of uh, Workforce Services, um, the public, or, yeah, public health director, Dr. David Blodgett, and he's, I think he's only missed like two meetings in all that time. Hmm. And so we got together, and there are a few others, uh, the hospital, 
has had a representation, a representative, either their medical director or the medical director of their ICU. Uh, they've been on uh, for months with us. So we tried to, to do that so we could gather information together. That was probably the best thing that we did because we were able to share information, ask questions, uh, get get expert advice from people on this call and coordinate how we were doing things. And so uh, that's one of the things that went through my mind was I'm going to need to get, you know, help from the experts. And, um, and on this one, frankly, um, who were the experts? You know, this was a new thing. And so it was hard to get answers because there were no experts, if you will. They didn't exist. They didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. And even now, even, you know, Dr. Fauci on the national level, some people, again, love him. Some people uh, hate him. Not so much. Yeah. (laughs) I I shouldn't say hate, but um, same kind of thing on the local and state and national levels. You know, who do you believe? And uh, it's always interesting, too, Andy, because sometimes uh, suddenly you have a bunch of so-called experts <laughs> yeah. and, and really they were all guessing and, and educated guesses based on, you know, like Dr. Blodgett here locally, you know him well, he's on your show frequently. Um, he is uh, the only MD director of a public health um, uh, department in Utah. And so he's been good to listen to. Mm-hmm. He takes a more conservative route than some, including Dr. Angela Dunn, who's an epidemiologist for the state of Utah. Right. And so it's interesting. I try to watch those two people. And once in a while, I'll tune into Fauci or whoever's on the you know, national level. Um, but that's what I did, Andy. I said first, I'm going to try to listen to the people that are, have dealt with um, uh diseases like this and viruses like this. And then I'm going to look to, you know, obviously what my colleagues are doing, what the governor is, is, uh, um, is doing. And of course, in our case, uh, the governor and the state has been very aggressive, meaning at least to us, you know, meaning they've stepped in, they've declared states of emergency several times. And some people have gotten weary of those, you know, for example, um, yes, we I, have. you know, and so it's <laughs> one of those things where, you know, um, you know, it's interesting, even locally, there are people posting on social media saying the governor needs to do a statewide mask mandate even this week. Yeah. Yeah. I saw I'm, I'm still seeing it. Good friends like, of mine. Yeah. In one case, it's a doctor. Um, he's, uh, semi-retired, but there's a local doctor who's saying, uh, he, he's given up talking to me, and he's a friend, by the way. He's just saying the governor needs to do it now to make it effective because we, mm-hmm. we, we cross paths so much in the state. Um, and then we have others saying, no, our freedom is more important. We need to let people decide. So, so whether it's me or Governor Herbert or Lieutenant Governor Cox, who's had a, a key role in this, whoever it is, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Dunn, Dr. Uh, Blodgett, Blodgett yeah. whoever it may be, the hospital, Everyone's going to have people on both sides, if you will, and and it does seem to line up a little bit, uh, uh, not entirely on a, on a partisan level, um, but both both sides are going to say you're not doing enough or you're doing too much. Yeah, and so that's been kind of the struggle of the year, I would say, is trying to keep sort of a um, the positivity and keep the the tone 
you know, in a respectful manner. That's been hard sometimes. Well, especially and, when you have, you know, the, the the leader of the free world and his yeah. opponent who uh, put on a, a kind of a ridiculous display uh, yeah. on Tuesday night. I just... I watched the whole thing. Yeah, me too, unfortunately. And, yeah, and I said, I'm going to do it. Um, my wife refused. She just, she can't take the contention. Yeah, you know? and my wife's the same way. Yeah, and my, my daughter, my 16-year-old daughter watched it with me, and I told her, because she was like, Dad, this is like, in a way, kind of funny, because uh, it's just so bizarre. And I said, they're not usually like this, Yeah, sis. They're, they're, they're. This is this was unusual. I hope for the other two, frankly, just that that they'll maybe enforce the rules better. You know, the moderator tried. I thought he did actually a pretty good job of trying. But um, yeah, I, but I, but I both but both yeah. sides. Uh, you know, both Biden and Trump, President Trump. Uh, they were, um, you know, they were playing the same game, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, lots and lots of interruptions, talking over each other, name calling. Ten, ten year olds. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think that's good. No, I think it also, you know, again, say what you want, because there are things that, um, as, as you know, there are things I like uh, about both people uh, in this case, but I don't like name calling. Like you say, that's ten year old behavior, yeah. and it's not good because it's reinforcing a negative thing that then I think we tend to model or, or repeat, if you well, will, yeah. on social media yeah. and yeah. radio and whatever else, you know, that, that's what it kind of reminded me of is, is a, a comment section, uh, a, a, you know, with the trolls and the people yes. arguing back and forth, only it was live and in person and yep. they're calling each other liars and, and not smart and, and things like that. It was, yeah. it was really frustrating to watch. And I'm thinking, you know, John, how do we, how do we teach our citizens? How do we teach our children uh, to be respectful to one another when, when the leaders are, are not? Oh, I, mean, I, I think that's right. And, yeah. you know, this isn't, we can't blame this all on one or two people. You know, this has been coming. Uh, Trump didn't invent this, right? Right. Uh, although I, sh- I should call him President Trump and Vice President Biden. Yeah. Um, they deserve some level of respect, the offices that they have or they sure. held. Um and you know, and I and I wish they would treat each other that way because yes, um, uh, it, it's not in my view helpful. It doesn't further our cause, and we do have some common ground. We, I really do believe most of us could say we believe in freedom. We believe in this country. We're Americans first. We ought to be right. Yeah. Um, we we want to promote those those good things and so to do that best we're gonna have to learn as one of my favorite authors arthur brooks uh he wrote a book i've referred to it before called love your enemies mm-hmm. um and he says we've got to learn we don't have to disagree less we we can still disagree we should but we've got to disagree better and that's mm. what i think you and i need to model and i think we try to i think you do on this show you know, you don't, you're not rude to people. No. And, and so, you know, if you were the moderator of that, I think you'd handle it better than Chris Wallace, <laughs> you know? Uh, so I, I will say one thing and you're right. He had a, an incredibly tough, a job. tough job. <laughs> uh, I felt like though, that because he did, I, I, somebody used a basketball analogy with me and I, and I really buy into it. Uh, if you're, if you're okay, you're refereeing a basketball game and you let him get away with some ticky tack fouls early in the game. Yep. What's going to happen? 
it's going to get, get worse. worse and worse that's and right. worse. And I kind of felt like that's what happened with the dude. Right. Chris let him get away with a couple of things early, and it got bad. And it got <laughs> to the point where he had to yell at them just to try to get control. I remember and that so, point. Yeah. yeah. And you're, you're exactly right. And, and, you know, one of the things, and everybody knows what they probably ought to do, they need to turn off their mics, you yeah. know? There's some mute. simple things. Yeah, yeah, just mute their mics. Um, as soon as they realize they're not being heard, they'll probably minimize their interruptions. And, and they can still make the same points. And believe me, I understand the frustration that each of them must feel when the, their opponent so is something that's not true. Yeah, yeah, that is hard. It's hard mm-hmm. to listen to and to not immediately respond. I'm telling you, I've been there. Yeah. Even in St. George, Utah, where we're not nearly th- that nasty, there's still times when someone's saying something is just not right. Yeah. And maybe they're aware of it, maybe they're not, but you got to just write it down and you got to use some of your time on the next question to fix that. Yeah. And that's what I do. I made a habit of doing that in uh, in in debates or whatever forums, you know. Even on this show. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. what you got to do. So right. anyway, yep, it, it, we've got to disagree better and we've got to be respectful. We've we've got to find common ground and build on that. You know, and I, I showed, in fact, I was doing a training yesterday, just really briefly, at our leisure services department, parks and recreation and, and arts. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was doing that with uh, our um, council member, Danielle Larkin. And one of the things I talked about was a mother of all Trump rallies from 2017 held in New York. No, no, I believe it was in D.C. And s- someone shows up who happens to be the director of the state of New York's Black Lives Matter group. Wow. And he and a bunch of his supporters show up. And, you know, this Trump lives, or excuse me, this mother of all rallies, the Trump rally, that's what they called it. I, it's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I heard about it this from this book I was just referring to. I went and watched it. And they, the Trump folks invited up uh, this name, guy's name was Hawk, uh, president of Black Lives Matter New York, he came up on the stand. They gave him two minutes, probably more, ended up more like three minutes. And they just said, tell us, tell us your story. Give us your message. And, you know, by the end of this, you know, there were some boos. And then, but then there started to be some applause because he, he said a few things that were common ground. Freedom. America first. We can, you want to make uh, America great? Let's do it together. Well, they all applauded for that. Of course. So you know what I mean? There's, yeah. There are things like that. There are things we're going to disagree on, and we're going to disagree very aggressively on. But let's just do it in a way like these guys did. There were several people there um, that ended up being friends and have done things, taken pictures with that guy, Hawk. I think it was <laughs> Hawk Newsom um, from Black Lives Matter versus the Bikers for Trump and the other uh, Trump supporters. So it can be done. It can it can be done. It's done right here in St. George. It's done in Washington D.C. We can do it better. We just need to practice it. All right, then we got so one one person's been on hold for like twenty minutes. Well, we better so we're, take. We're, him. we're going to take this call and then we'll get a weather break in. The caller you're on with Andy with Mayor Pike. How are you? Hey, Mayor Pike. Hey, Andy. How are you? Good. So, couple quick questions. Um, when it comes to the Black Lives Matter here in St. George, uh huh. Do you support them and why? Are they shaping any public policy privately behind closed doors? Also, second question, do you support a name change of Dixie State College? And if you do, why? And do you believe the name Dixie in the name Dixie College is hurting the college in any way and why? 
So I'll just leave you with that and hopefully get some good answers. Okay. Appreciate you guys. Okay, you bet. Terms of the Black Lives Matter St. George or Southern Utah, um, we are having some meetings. We've had four meetings um, with the city manager, with myself, with the council member and the police chief, with um, several people representing or, or affiliating with our local chapter of Black Lives Matter. Um, we are not shaping policy. Uh, that would have to be done by the full city council. And so anything that might be changed would be done with their um, discussion, ad- advice, changes if needed, and consent. But we are trying to, um, what we're trying to do is build some relationships with the individuals that are, that are a part of this organization. And, you know, it's obviously fairly new. Uh, and so I will tell you this, that there are areas of agreement and there are areas of disagreement. The greatest areas of agreement are, you know, can we do more to communicate? Can we do more to uh, uh, emphasize certain types of training? We already do some pretty good training. Uh, And a lot of the things, frankly, that have been brought to our attention, um, um, we are already doing. There are some things such as um, having officers in schools. Um, They are questioning the value of that. And we're saying that's not something that we're planning to change and yeah. neither is the school district. And here's why. So what we're doing, we're, I would just say this, we're trying to listen to each other. We're trying to see where there are, as I just said, areas of agreement and where we could say, you know what, we could do more there. Uh, we can always do more training, for example, but things, for example, like neck holds, choke holds, we already don't al- allow those in the cases that have um, been brought forward recently. So there's some great areas of just conversation, dialogue, and I would say we're building relationships where we can trust each other. And I would tell you this, that they've given us good information. Like when we had the last event, it was, oh, maybe three, four weeks ago, and there were rumors of busloads of people being brought in. Right. They were able to tell us that's not true. It's not happening. Uh, you have our word on it. That is not happening. In fact, they weren't even in charge of the event. It was a high school student, actually, hmm. that was in charge of that event. But they gave us good intel, and guess what? It turned out to be correct. And I trusted that that, that it would be. Um, we were still prepared for whatever might happen. But So we're building that relationship uh, quickly. Um, um, I will say on the Dixie. Okay, wait, wait. Let me interrupt yeah, yeah. you. Let's okay. get after weather. You can answer this. second Okay, part we can of do that. that. Okay, is that okay? I've got it written down. All right, very good. Uh, we do need to get a weather break in. Uh, we're already, oh, what, six minutes late or five minutes late for weather. So <laughs> We don't want to get you in trouble, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Smile. It's a sunshiny day. You got the Andy Griffith theme in the background and the Andy Griffin show in the foreground here. And uh, with me today, Mayor John Pike from St. George City. Mayor, looking pinky today. Got the little pink l- today. Light, light pink shirt and dark yep. pink tie. That's right. Last time I wore pink was at the what they call the Tough Enough to Wear Pink uh, Night at the Rodeo. So. I uh, have a city shirt now that's pink just for that occasion. And Real others. men do wear pink. Yeah, yeah, that's what they that's what they tell us. And I'm telling you, if if some of if our police officers and our some of those uh, rodeo folks and the Lions Club, if they can wear pink, so can I. So yeah, you they're, know, they're real tough. They guys. are tough yeah, guys. They're, they're real tough guys. It's amazing. Yeah. 
So the the last caller asked about the Dixie name, specifically Mm -hmm. at the university first and then kind of generally. First of all, at the university, um, I I think that, uh, you know, the the best thing, and this is really where I'm at, um, I have made no decision. There have been... uh, there have been no meetings of the trustees, the board of trustees. I am a board, a member of the board of trustees for mm-hmm. Dixie State. Um, it doesn't mean there haven't been, you know, some individual conversations, but there have been no uh, meetings about it um, as a whole. Uh, they they have a meeting actually tomorrow, which I will not be to. Um, but as far as I know, they will not be discussing it tomorrow other than maybe uh, to discuss what uh, the administration has requested and already begun, which is a perception study yeah. that will be done by the Cicero group, which right. is the former Dan Jones and associates, by the way. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Okay. That's who that is. Uh, they're a very reputable um, group of uh, uh, data collection, survey, and so mm-hmm. forth. Mm-hmm. So they will be working on that. They'll be contacting many, many people and trying to get, again, some perceptions from different um, s- different segments of the population, from, from current students to alumni to uh, potential students to, you know, businesses and so forth. I don't even know all the people yet. I, I know I will be interviewed as a trustee. And I've been, I've received an email about that and I just, I need to respond. So I haven't done that yet. So I know that is coming. And so in my mind, uh, to make good decisions, uh, you need good information. We don't have good information yet. I think we need that. So I have no, uh, no preconceived motion, uh, notion of what we will do and we will try to be open-minded. But I will say this, my number one focus I believe should be on the future of the institution and on the students. So I want to know as best I can as one trustee out of 10, I want to know what does that look like? And so that's how I'll be making my decision. It'll be in the future, you know, for the students and the success of the, uh, the institution, because that's what it's there for. Right. And as much as, as uh, we do need to honor our past uh, we're not educating the past. We're educating the future students. And so I think we need to, we need to focus on that clearly. That's why we build additional programs, have more degrees, want to become a full university. So those are all things that matter to me and I hope they matter to, to everybody. And, and so, you know, we want to respect the past and prepare for the future at the same time. So I believe we can do both. And I think generally speaking, I would say this, I don't see any need to change anything or really certainly not everything that says Dixie in the name uh, in our area. I don't, I don't think um, we, the Dixie on the sugar loaf yeah. or the Dixie right rock. There, yeah. yeah. Or I'm pointing the wrong way. Over there. <laughs> um, it's uh, there's no need to change that. The D on the Hill, even though that is owned by the university, uh, I'll tell you this. I don't think there's any intention as far as I know, I've had a couple conversations on that subject uh, with the president. They have no intention, even if there were to be a name change, of changing the D. In fact, we're working on some things that would kind of, I'm just going to say, preserve those hmm. and 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 uh, protect them and even make them kind of a, uh, a historical status, give them a historical status. We're working on a few other things, too, that would help us to to better tell the story 
of what Dixie means here. And so those are things we'll do. I've mentioned this before. We have no plans to change Dixie Drive, for example, the Dixie Sun Bowl, the Dixie Academy, which is the old original Dixie College, Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Dixie High. They were in the same building uh, there at the corner of 1st South and Main. It's now the home of the Children's uh, St. George Children's Museum. And so we have no plans to change anything in the city. Um, any businesses, there are probably about 75 of them, roughly, named with Dixie in their name. That's up to them, right? right. I mean, if your radio station was not Cherry Creek, but, you know, Dixie uh, Radio. Well, our our, our, our callers are KDXU. That's right. Are you so, going to change those? Absolutely not. So, so, and that's, we would leave that up to you. But I'm not going to issue any call, if you will, as the mayor to make any name changes. I think that is up to, and you know, we believe in property rights. I believe that is up to the individual business um, on this street. I'm looking at Dixie Trophy right now yeah. uh, from the window, but there's Dixie Battery and there's Dixie Gun and Fish, and there's mm-hmm. there's you know many names Dixie um, uh, Dixie Meats. You know, they're just everywhere you go on and on yeah and and that's because that's that's what our area has been known for many many years and so i think we can we can and this one this is one where we can um respect on one case the hospital has already made a decision to change their name uh effective the first of the year when they get their signage up and you know made all the changes uh with medicare and medicaid and others um you know that's a that's a private non-profit uh, corporation uh, happened to be my employer, my day job. That's their decision. You know, it's not up for sort of popular vote. Right. Uh, the university is a little different. It's a public institution. There's going to be, I think, a lot of public input. But ultimately, that's going to be in the hands of who? The legislature, the yeah. state legislature, because it's a state institution, will make that decision and the governor will sign or not sign. So uh, there will be local input from the board of trustees. There will be state input from the higher education board. And then it would go to the legislature if there's a change or if there's not a change, you know, they will decide that. So I, I think, but generally speaking, here's again, I don't think there's, there needs to be a change. I think though there are ways we can, um, we can explain it better and we can have, places and we like i say we have some things in mind that we're working on that will help us do that to those who are new here or those that are visiting and uh, that'll that'll help us and and finally i would say this as we go through these discussions they they cause emotion you know and so i would hope again that in keeping with what we affectionately call the dixie spirit that we would not be contentious with this. Let's be respectful. Let's yeah. practice what we've been preaching earlier here, all of us. And let's be, you know, let's, let's, let's get our points out, but let's be respectful. Let's work together for the building of our community and including the university and the students there. Well said. I like that. Disagree better. Disagree uh, better. I, one of the things that I thought, thought was kind of funny as we're talking about the Dixie name is uh I had a guest on who thought it should be changed, and his argument was uh, it, it was too hard to explain to people what Dixie, how Dixie is different, what it means mm-hmm. to people here. I then had someone on the next day who was, you know, pro keep the Dixie name, and they said the exact same thing, only different differently. They said we want to be able to explain to people what why Dixie is different here and yeah. what it means here. And so they were saying kind of the same thing in a different way. Yeah. So 
Anyway, uh, we've got to get one more commercial break in. Actually, you know what? Someone's been on hold a long time, so let's let's go to the phone line sure. and then the commercial break. Caller, you're on with Andy with Mayor Pike. How are you? Hi, Andy. Hi, thank you for calling. Good morning. Hi, Mr. Mayor Pike. Um, appreciate appreciate your standing strong for in behalf of all of the conservatives here in town. Well, I'm, thank you. I'm very, very worried about, you know, um, all this surveying that you spell out that it needs to be done before, you know, making decisions. Because I tell you what, there's, there's a lot of people that doesn't have common sense like we are here. <laughs> I migrated here about 35 years ago from the island, and I tell you what, there's a lot of change here. Things are changing. And, like, for example, uh, I'm, I was nervous when somebody called Andy last week and said, Andy, you need to move to the, to the middle. You're going, <laughs> you're going too far to the right. Yeah, and I call yeah. Andy and say, Andy, stay put. You know, we, we got to fight this fight because when the left moved to, way to the left, he's trying to pull us conservative to the middle. They don't, they, they, they don't have any common sense how far they go left. So I'm afraid, I'm afraid and nervous that, you know, when people move into town and ch- trying to change our way of living, it's, it's just, it's just bad because I've been, I've been studying the history of the pioneers and people that move here and settle this, this area. It's important for us to, to have a lot of respect for that. But when people move out of town into our town here and try and change things, it's, it just make things not, not looking good. So, Mayor Bike, I'm a good friend of yours for a long time. You know, I've known you for a while. Please stay strong in the middle and, and fight for us that, you know, we, we, we know we have common sense. And that's the problem with the left. Sometimes people don't have common sense to, uh, to understand what's, what's very precious for us, you know, here in town and what we need to keep, keep the way it is. You know, of, uh, you know, I, like I said, I migrated here, and I love this area. I love this town. I raised my kids here. And I tell you what, I, I just love the environment that we have here. Yeah. So, Mr. Mayor, if you have any concern with, with us here, conservative, please stay in the middle. Stay in the middle, please. Yeah. Because we're trying to fight this fight, and hopefully, you know, we don't, we don't change this uh, this area into blue. That's the last thing we want to see here. All right. Thank, thank yeah, you thank you. It's good perspective. It. And yeah. tofa soifua. Yeah? I, I turned him down. Uh, that, that's okay. Tofa soifua means uh, farewell respected one in Samoan. <laughs> and that is one of my Samoan friends. Very nice. All right, guys, I, I got to interrupt and get this yep. commercial break in. Uh, man, uh, folks, if you're on hold, please be patient. We'll get to you as soon as we can. Uh, Joe Shoney is a sponsor of this show, has been for a long, long time, longer than I've been around on this show, and we appreciate Joe. His uh, specialty is uh, customer service when it comes to loans. And uh, so you need a home loan, a home equity line, uh, refinance, whatever. It's a great time to refinance, by, by, the, by the way, right now with the interest rates lower than maybe they've ever been. Give Joe a call, 435-590-6300. Real quick, before we get back to the mayor and your phone calls, uh, there's been a sighting. Remember that a couple of days ago there was an Amber Alert for a six-year-old boy that had been actually kidnapped by his mother who did not have custody of him. Uh, They have been sighted in Oregon. They have not captured them yet. They have not found them, but they were sighted in Oregon. Uh, The lady's name, well, the little boy's name is Taryn Butler. 
His mother, Emily Jolly, has him. She's from here, and uh, she's taken him to Oregon, and uh, hopefully they can, uh, I guess she's a member of an extremist group, Mayor, and uh, and they're really worried because some of those extremist uh, groups do some pretty extreme things, especially when it involves children, so hopefully they can get them tracked down. Yeah, that's cause for great concern. I hope so, too. All right, let's go uh, right to the phone lines. Caller, you're on with Andy with Mayor Pike. How are you today? Uh-oh, it happened again. I, they told me they had fixed our hold function. If you'll call back, we'll get you right back on the air. But, uh, yeah, right now your voice is distorted. But I'll watch for your call if you'll call us right back, please. Uh, 9.54 on KDXU. Uh, while we wait for him to call back, let's go to line one. Caller, you're on with Andy. Uh, hopefully you're not distorted. Are you there? Good morning, Andy. Yeah, you sound good. Thank you. Good. Good morning, Mayor. Good morning. Uh, Mayor, I have a, I'd like to have a, a short conversation with you, if I might. It's about Black Lives Matter and about this common ground that uh, you referred to. Uh, Black Lives Matter is a well, – let, let me ask you a question first. Would you meet with a white supremacist group if they came to town and wanted to meet with you? Oh, I probably would, yes, it, to make sure what, they, what their purposes were what they were, you know, wanting to do and how we could, again, uh, make sure that they understood what our expectations were versus what their plans might be. So, yeah, I probably would. Okay, well, Black Lives Matter is an extremist group. Yeah, I know who they I know who they are nationally. Well, I'm not sure you. Okay, oh, yes, so I do. No, no, no. Yes, I do. Yeah, I've, okay, I've read well, their wonderful. I've can read I, their Web pages. And, yep, I've done some research on it, as you would expect yeah. me to. Right, I wanted to have a conversation. So, Troy Anderson, have you ever heard him say that all lives matter? Yes, I have. I'd love to hear him say that publicly because most of these folks that have anything to do with Black Lives Matter won't say that. And so that's encouraging that he he understands that because once you start talking about a specific group, you really have lost the entire conversation because this is about America. In Utah, it's about Utahns and St. Georgians. And we shouldn't be separating people by race, by color, by anything. And so there's no reason to have these secret meetings with, with this group. Let's have public forums. Let's have a, a public meeting where you call and have, let the, the public be able to hear what these people are saying and find out if we actually do have common ground. Well, I, 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 could, I couldn't, disagree, or couldn't agree with you more. I'd be happy to have public meetings, and we will, actually. Uh, we'll, will probably, we'll probably be meeting with them in a city council meeting in November. That's our plan. And, and so, is that open to the public? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, great. So would you, next time you're on, make sure that or have Andy promote that? Because there's a lot of us that would like to come and hear what's being said you and bet. to uh, provide some of our own input. Well, it won't be an opportunity really for input at that time, uh, but it will be an opportunity to basically let them share a few things and let us share a few things um, that we've been working on uh, as a city and as cities, the League of Cities. So that's what we'll be doing then. But I I, uh, support and I believe, hey, let me me finish, will you? I believe that what we'll be doing is having a lot of public conversations about uh, race relations, about uh, various topics that would be of interest to, uh, I believe, many if not all of our uh, residents over the next, you know, years. I mean, I think we really, we need to talk about issues and, um, you know, in, in some cases, clear up misconceptions, misperceptions, and, and hopefully move forward in, in positive ways. I, and I really do believe most people want to do that. 
Yeah, having secret meetings doesn't lend not, itself it's, towards it's, that trust. Oh, of course it's secret. It, well, we it, wouldn't even have known about it if it hadn't been a caller last week that told us about it. Uh, I've talked about it many times. And and so it's not about you you know that I yeah well not just on this radio I I have you ever mentioned it on this radio program other than when a caller called in and asked you about it I believe I have yes I don't think you have well I believe I have Uh, and and, and, he's got recordings of all of these please look it up because and I'd happy to uh, stand corrected but yeah I'll let you look it up but but here's I have more important things to do exactly exactly said something that's on you not on me well it's it's actually on you if you'd like to know about it but but I have referred to this in other uh, talks that I've given and uh, we've we've been very upfront about it it's it has everything to do with being willing to listen and meet with frankly I meet with a lot of people it's not about uh, being in secret it's it's a matter of um, what things are we doing to try to identify the issues and then to try to move forward and you can't do that all in in uh, public meetings and with um, you know, five city council members. You you can do that when you're discussing actual changes, but we're we're trying to listen. We're trying to build relationships, and we're trying to make sure that you know what the key areas are and where we need to have further discussion. And then we'll be doing that very publicly. But I meet with people, individuals, groups, uh, as thirty do, seconds uh, all the time. You know, we do that frequently. That you know, not everything can be in front of cameras. Yeah, well, this this particular issue is way too important to be meeting in secret. Will you invite me to the next meeting? Uh, you'll be invited to the city council meeting. No, no, I'm talking about the next meeting. You sit down with Troy Anderson no. and other people who. No, well, we probably we probably won't because why I don't not? think I'm it would be productive. Meeting? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because now people would actually know what was being said behind closed doors. Got to got to run, guys. Yeah. Pre- appreciate the Thank call today. We're it. we're out of time. Nine fifty nine. Uh, Mayor, thanks for coming on today. It's always a pleasure to see you here, even when you wear pink. Good to be especially here. Especially when you wear yeah, pink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> thanks. It's a 9.59 time for news. Uh, open line Friday tomorrow. Should be a fun discussion.